1: Welcome to episode 261 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. In the short time we've been doing these interviews, it never ceases to amaze me of the health challenges people have to endure in their lives. And to me, what is equally amazing is how many people overcome many of these challenges with cannabis, or at the very least, cannabis helps them deal with their health issue. Today we'll hear the story of a woman diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma at the age of 21. You may recall that Hodgkin's lymphoma is a type of lymphoma in which cancer originates from a specific type of white blood cells. It was named after the English physician Thomas Hodgkin, who first described the condition, believe this, in 1832. And joining us from Israel to tell her story is Hajit Yagoda. Hajit, thanks for doing this. We very much appreciate
2: it. Hi! Thank you so much for having me with you. I'm really appreciating. All excited about it, Haji, uh, to tell me <laughs> Haji, what was yes. your
1: what was your health like as a teenager?
2: Uh, well, I grew up as a kind of, uh, a kind of sick, uh, a person, but in, in the other end, I'm, uh, I'm tall and beautiful. So <laughs> I didn't understand why uh, why I was supposed to live like that. Uh, I used to uh, dance a lot and I was a dancer in my teenage, uh, but I was very, very sick all the time and they didn't, uh, uh, understand what it is and, um, uh, all the time i've been in and out in hospitals and stuff like that and but they didn't uh, diagnose me till the age of uh, 21 uh, we are go- in israel we're going to the army uh, in the age in 18 so uh, i was in the army one and a half year and then they saw i was too sick and they released me from the army uh, to do some tests to understand uh, why i'm so much of a sickness and then they find out that I have this uh, kind of cancer, which is uh, a tricky cancer. Uh, it's uh, attacking on all the cells. Uh, and and uh, I was uh, like all over my body. Mm-hmm. And they need not know exactly what to do with me, uh, with this information. Uh, my father... Sorry?
1: No, I was just going to say, uh, you're, you're 21 years old. You're in the prime of life. And... When you were told you had Hodgkin's lymphoma, how did you react to this emotionally?
2: Uh, it was uh, two ways of uh, of reaction. Actually, uh, my father died at the time, and I pass out, pass out on his grave. And they took me to the hospital, and then they find out that I'm uh, like um, I'm nearly going to be dead in this uh, stage that I'm on. So it took them almost uh, three weeks in order to tell me and my mother uh, what's happened with me. So in the beginning, I would look to them and I start to cry. And I asked them to light up a cigarette and they said, okay, you have a cancer already. You do whatever you like. <laughs> uh, and then they saw that I'm making fun out of it. And they said, I don't know, maybe you don't understand what's going on. Or maybe you are a, uh, protecting yourself from this news, but you look the one that you're going to fight this away. So I did. <laughs> um uh, what it what happened that I was uh, I used to smoke hashish in Israel hashish was very popular at those times it was 1989 that we're talking 1987 sorry that we're talking about and in 1987 uh, hashish was popular in Israel we didn't know what cannabis is everybody thought that hashish is hashish and cannabis is a plant by himself they didn't know ever the idea that uh, it's coming from the same plant as a cannabis Uh, At the time I was a smoker uh, and at the time Professor Mishulam was discovered at the the THC in the Hebrew University in 1966, I believe. So 20 years after, they started to use THC, uh, synthetic THC on a cancer patient in order to reduce the pain and the vomiting on the chemotherapy treatment. So uh, they started on me, but they didn't tell me and my mother that they they do do this experiment on me. And I developed a very, very bad allergy on my hand when they put the the vein, when they put the chemotherapy with this THC synthetic. So they were like uh, trying to figure out what's happened here because they didn't understand that chemo doesn't have any allergy. Uh, so at the time, my doctor, was uh, she was a very uh, uh, outstanding oncologist. And she said, okay, we treat her with the THC synthetics. So I told them, what? I'm a smoker. I don't need this. So they, I was the first one in Israel. They allowed me to come to the hospital with my bunk, water bank and my pipe. And I was smoking and having a chemotherapy. Uh, after a very very bad uh, experience, that they put me chemotherapy and radiation in the same treatment. Uh, we were like about twenty five kids. They were trying this, and most of them died. Uh, we will we left about uh, six people. The people had the cannabis along with the treatment.
3: Those were the ones that were left. Yes. Okay. So the people that were having cannabis along with their treatment, were they having the synthetic cannabis or were they having the actual cannabis?
2: Actually, the actual cannabis, I think I'm the only one who used that. We were 10 people around hospitals around Israel. We didn't know at the time about each other. And I think all of those 10, uh, five of us was uh, smokers. And the rest were the the synthetic things. Mm
3: -hmm. So obviously, in your experience, uh, for yourself personally, synthetic was not the way to go and was causing all sorts of issues.
2: Yes, and thank God for that. Uh, They allowed me to use the hashish, and I understand uh, the power of uh, instruction of the plant. I understand uh, how much uh, the plant hashish is kind of in structure. So uh, I start to learn and I understand what is this plant and, and what is uh, I'm using and how come I'm different than the rest. So uh, uh, little by little, I, I went all over the books and, and then it wasn't that much of the Internet and stuff. And I start to learn and study Uh uh, and I learned to st- and learn and study because I have uh, the certificate from the hospital to do that, which uh, there was like only 10 people around Israel who could do that. Uh, the rest of them went to jail if they're using hashish or cannabis.
1: So hashish was illegal in 1987 in Israel.
2: Exactly, it's still illegal in Israel. It's legal only for a, a, a medical purpose in Israel. The, the, the first government uh, around the world is Israel. They allow people uh, to use cannabis uh, with a license, with a medical license for that. And they started uh, this uh, medical uh, thing about uh, two years, re- no. Um, it's a year, it's, it's about a year ago uh we start uh, uh, to get uh, cannabis in in, uh, in the pharmacy and everything but before they make an experience on us to see we got the cannabis from the farms uh himself and now uh, we are getting it uh, in uh in the pharmacy
3: so hege when you had uh chemotherapy back in 87 did that get rid of the cancer yes Okay, but it, it's, it's my understanding. Pardon me? It, it was uh, chemotherapy and radiation. And radiation. Okay, uh, but then the cancer... And,
2: um, re- and, uh, and also I got bone transplant uh, 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 myself. How do you say it in English? Uh, bone marrow transplant? Uh, yes, okay. yes.
3: Okay. So, however, that ca- cancer did return, correct?
2: Yes, he returned uh, about uh, five years after, when I was about 26, almost 27, before uh, I got married and I I, I met my husband. Uh, He got back, and again, I got uh, treatment by chemotherapy, and uh, then I was using cannabis by a license again. Uh, It wasn't a a license yet, it was a certificate from the hospital uh, that uh, the police want arrest me because I'm using hashish for my uh, my cancer and I'm, I'm having uh, this certificate, certificate uh, with me and uh, and uh, they start uh, uh, to say that it's not allowed in Israel to use hashish and they start to hunt me. The police start to hunt me and the, the rest of the people are using hashish for the medicine and I uh, really Got uh, in hell, uh, like uh, like I'm a very uh, criminal, and uh, I was fighting uh, very much against uh, all those rules, and uh, till 2010, in 2010 in Israel, uh, they started to talk about uh, medicine uh, as cannabis as a medicine, but they didn't give me. They said only people who get in chemotherapy will have a license in Israel. So I went to a hunger strike in uh, front of the Minister of Health in Israel and explained to her that uh, people who want to use cannabis don't have to be dead under chemotherapy. And uh, she understood that. He didn't have any other other choice. Uh, And me and another 200 uh, people got uh, our license and they started uh, talking about cannabis every day uh, since then.
1: Ajit, how long was your hunger strike?
2: It was, uh, my hunger strike was uh, like a week or so till uh, they will start to understand that I'm very serious about that. But the 10th, and, uh, and the whole idea of the, this, uh, this hunger strike and all the patients of Israel, it was a one all month uh, they were there. I left after a week or so when I got my uh, license. Uh, I was there like, no, I was there like three weeks. But after a week, I stopped the hunger strike because I got the license. But I stayed there and helped other people to get the license as well.
3: And so this license would allow you to smoke hashish, is that correct?
2: No, uh, this license, they, they started to have a farm in Israel for cannabis.
3: Okay. And they
2: gave us a license in uh, f- front of the farms in order uh, to start, the government to start to understand how to to, to build it. Uh, they opened the, the Yakar. Yakar is the Israeli ag- agency for cannabis, and they, they start to build this uh, agency in the day that I started the hunger the strike. It was like in the same day it happened. And they uh, start to establish the whole idea how to give the cannabis only for patient, only for patients with uh, the license. And how the doctor will uh, decide the amount of the cannabis of each patient will get. So little by little, they established the rules. In the meantime, the doctors gave us uh, the, the amount of the cannabis. Uh, uh, oncologists usually get 100 gram a, a month around that. Uh, pain patients get around 60 gram around. And there was like average of the idea to see how people manage with those amount of cannabis. And it was experienced about four years till they started, uh, actually, uh, with the reform, they call it, with all the license that we have it right here, right now.
1: Now, when you talk about cannabis, are you talking about smoking cannabis or cannabis oil?
2: Okay. Uh, They allow us to smoke the cannabis. People who smoke cannabis, they give us uh, uh, the license are divided the, uh, for flowers to smoke or to uh, how you say inhalate and uh, and vaporize mm-hmm. it right. and they have the in the license uh, they give you also the opportunity to do the oil uh, the company make the oil uh, uh, mixed with uh, olive oil but at home. We know how to do the Rick Simpson oil, whatever the street they're working, say, hmm. or how to instruct the cannabis. Uh, you know, we know how to do it because we used to give to head it from the companies. But they stopped it. We don't have it anymore.
3: So were were you when you went through that last bout of cancer, were you using cannabis oil?
2: Or I'm just in cannabis by smoking. Because I love to smoke, and I didn't. I, I'm smoking without any tobacco. I, I do vaporizing, and I I I do the extract of oil.
1: Now, when you when you take the oil, uh, how much do you take?
2: Um, I'm taking okay. I'm treating myself with the oil, uh, daytime and nighttime. Daytime, I'm uh, doing uh, more on the CBD and less on the THC. Like we did, I do have THC all the time because I like the THC because I understand the power of the medicine of the THC. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I'm smoking uh, no tobacco. Yes, I'm smoking my uh, bang uh, with uh, sativa and then I take oil. So like half a gram of, of, uh, of oil uh, during the day with uh, more CBD. And from afternoon and the nighttime, I'm taking the oil more on the t h c and I'm still smoking, so I'm using around five grams a day with uh oil and smoking
1: Are you getting high uh
2: not anymore because uh <laughs> <laughs> because uh, uh I know uh, my body is uh is uh, getting it got used already for this treatment i I'm using cannabis thirty five years on a row with never stopped i never stopped i didn't care. Even when uh, they, st- they tried to arrest me and everything, I told them, I don't mind a- anything. I won't stop using cannabis. So for me, uh, there is sometimes a strain that I don't know, my body don't know. So I can tell you that I get high. But after a day or so that I'm using the same strain, I'm getting used to it right away.
1: Boy, if I took as much as you did, I would be asleep for a week.
3: Yeah, see, word okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth, uh, uh, in uh, 2010, uh, in 2013, when I discovered the understanding of the power of the instructor of the, the oil, um, I went to the Ministry of Health and I explained her and I showed her uh, that if we use it, a lot of cannabis doesn't cost us uh, any problem or it doesn't make you dead or anything else. And I was treating my cancer only with the oil. So the third time was the example to show that the power of the cannabis of treatment. Um, I had uh, like about five, six uh, Lands around uh, lamps around my body and they uh, all got smaller fast with the oil I understand how to treat myself it was uh, about uh, uh, th- our, uh, my husband is around uh, can you help me my husband to remind me how we did it about the treatment with the oil. Okay, so I'm using. I um I sleep a lot. I use a lot of THC all the time, and it took me about uh, six months, um, little by little, to to check out all the all the big, uh, uh, lumps that I had.
1: Oh, so you got rid of all the lumps within six months using the oil.
2: Yes, some of them are still in my body, but they are not uh, uh, affect me. Uh, they are not um, like, uh, um, it, it's a, I have a chronic cancer. So if I stop using cannabis, right away it starts to spread all over the body. Beca- because I'm using cannabis and I know how to, uh, to use it every day, the amount that I need, I believe this is a way that I'm keeping it away. And it's not it only my believing, I show it, the doctors see it and everybody see all, all the, every six months I'm having a checkup uh, in the hospital and uh, my, uh, I have in the lung, in my left lung, uh, non-Hodgkin uh, um, lamp and it's still there, but it's not uh, doing anything. hakit what are your doctors saying? They, uh, they said, "Thank God that you're still alive." <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Actually,
2: uh, some of them are are really uh, amazed the way I'm I'm treating myself and the and the way, and even sometimes uh, the minister of health invited me uh, to talk to the doctors that are gonna prescribe uh, uh, license to to the patient. So I'm talking to those doctors and explain them how cannabis help me and how important it is for them to continue to, uh, to give cannabis as a, as a medicine. Because cannabis is not the f- uh, first line of, uh, of treatment. It's coming on the last line of treatment. So the patient here in Israel have to show that he took all kind of treatment that the Minister of Health offer on his disease in order to get a cannabis. So for us, it's like the last row uh, to get cannabis as a treatment. It means you have to prove that uh, all the rest of the medicine didn't affect you. And I did proving that uh, I took so many pills and I weigh about 40, 45 kilo. I was very, very thin f- about seven years ago. And there was saying that I get like a few months to live. And they keep gave me Oxycontin and they keep gave me all those opiates. And I kept, kept losing weight, losing, losing uh, the willing of living. I was very weak and I didn't have, uh, and I understand the difference and the power of, of, uh, of having health on the, on the side of, of laughing and on the side of having uh, quality of life. And, and food and stuff like that. So I had th- this decision on the point when the doctor told me that you, that in this way, I'm going to have like about four or five months to live. So I look at him and uh, I exposed to the RSO and the understanding on the power of, th- of the thing. I look at my husband and we look at each other and we decided that's it. I'm going to stay alive again, but I'm going to stay alive like to give other people power to want to stay alive because cancer it's a death disease but you can stay alive with it so
1: you were given 4 to 5 months to live when was that what year was that In 2013
2: 2013 and hit- uh, I was I was uh, then I uh, started uh, I was uh, hospitalized about uh, a month or so so I brought the cannabis into the hospital. I explained to the doctors how important is the treatment along. Uh, little by little, I gave. Uh, I went around the hospitals and explained people. And it's make me uh, stronger to talk to people and to explain and to break in uh, through doors that was closed before, for us as a medical uh, cannabis user. And Little by little, I changed my diet. I started to eat only uh, vegetables and fruit. I, I started to take some more vitamin C. I started to take care of what I'm talking, what I'm listening, what I'm eating. I moved out of the middle of the city of Ramat Gan. It was a a city like I was in a building and a lot of noise and stuff. Mm -hmm. I went to a village six years ago and I decided I'm going to stay alive. And here I am.
1: Your story is really interesting because several weeks ago we talked to a young fellow who told us the story about his dad. His dad had Briquette syndrome, which uh, results in cancer and a six-inch tumor on his spine. And the doctors, oh, the doctors got most of the tumor, but he underwent uh, extensive chemo and I believe radiation, but I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I, I think, think he had radiation as well. I think it was chemo. But when, when he was in the hospital, um, because cannabis is legal in Canada— Yes, uh, uh, the the family made oil and brought it into his father, and his father got through the chemotherapy treatment much better than other patients did.
2: Exactly. And you can see it in the hospital. You can see that people are using cannabis, even with the oil, even with the smoking, even with the viping. You can see this, the color of the skin of the people. You can see the way they move around. Uh, they can, you know, uh, the bones are not uh, hurting as much as opiates are right away is like uh, affecting on the, on the bones and affecting on, on the. So you can see the difference on the painkillers that people are using. You can see the difference of the way they move around the, uh, the hospital. You can see the, how the treatment is affecting them compared to others. Because on, the, uh, on the, uh, the cannabinoid system on our body, when you use the cannabis and you open it up, it's really help other medicine to, in, instead of blocking you, uh, to help your body uh, to reduce all the, all, this, all the power that he have to um, to heal himself. So if we are given uh, the body uh, all the tools to uh, heal himself, it will do it. It will be our body. It's a very fine machine. Mm -hmm. And the cannabinoid system is a very good uh, system that help us uh, mentally uh, to fight any disease.
1: You know, you said something earlier, which I think is really, really important. And Corey has mentioned this uh, innumerable times over and over again about changing your diet when you have cancer. And so many people um, don't change their diet and they suffer the consequences of it. But you and other people we've talked to who have uh, overcome cancer and have been successful in overcoming cancer have done, besides cannabis oil, have done a holistic approach and changed their diet and started eating uh, foods which are much healthier for your body.
2: Exactly, and, and much easier for the body to ingest it. means uh, if your body is sick and producing uh, cells that are killing you, you can give a food that help to kill you. You have to, f- to figure out and understand the, the, your cancer because there was uh, like 20 million kind of cancer and 20 million kind of because each body is a different body. That's why there is a different kind of cancer. That's why we are learning about different kind of cancer every day because uh. uh, uh uh, because each human being is a different and he is developed his own cells to uh, attacking cells, so the doctors are amazed and learn about. And each of us are eating different kind of food that our body develop uh, the protecting from this kind of food or from kind of uh, any. Uh, uh, um, how you say? Um, Poison that they put on on our food or or kind of things. So each body is uh, uh, acting differently. So we learn that this machine as body know uh, uh, how to protect ourselves. So if we eat less and if we we put the energy of health, uh, the situation, um, the body have the power to do it.
3: Hagid, if you had had access to cannabis oil the first time you went through your the cancer you had, would you have chosen to do radiation as well, knowing what no, you know now?
2: No, no, no never, ever. I, will, I First of all, because it was underage, my my mother was decided for me. But if it was my decision, I would never do anything to kill my body in order to get healthy. Because chemotherapy, I don't believe that uh, this uh, this is uh, it's a cure for cancer. And I don't believe that radiation is a cure for cancer.
3: No, it's to believe- create cancer is what they do.
2: Exactly. That's what my second word was. I, I, I learned that uh, chemotherapy make me, uh, the COPD, make me uh, uh, fibromyalgia make me a uh, bone, bone problem. Make me a lot of problem that I didn't had before, and I know for sure a uh, black high blood pressure and, uh, and I'm 52 years old and I have more disease than 80 years old person have and yeah. all of that because of the treatment yeah and and- this is the thing
3: Hageet, You know, if I may interrupt here for a second this is the thing with, with yeah. chemotherapy and with radiation often I don't think that people understand that this treatment that you have will change your health as you know it for the rest of your life
2: uh, exactly, it's an
3: ongoing gift. It just keeps on giving.
2: Yes, and also my my I, I lost all my teeth. I lost all my my jaw. Uh, they build up my bone in the jaw, and they build up uh, new teeth because I lost everything, and you couldn't even fix what I had. And uh, you know, things are happened little by little, and you see, and you see how uh, the people. The, well they don't take it uh, for idea that people will survive after this kind of thing and we some of us still survive and it's funny to see uh, that the doctor look at, like, you survived that? It's like mm-hmm. they look in the, my, my papers and they look at me and I was like okay, uh, this is a machine, it's not a woman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you're 52 years old. Uh, we'll have to come to your 60th birthday party.
2: Yes, for sure, for sure. And in Israel, we know how to do to make Woo-hoo! parties. <laughs> that's <laughs>
3: that's right. I
2: promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we have uh, this. Uh, we have uh, in Israel. We have every year the the Kanatek. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, it's a very big convention that we are invited people all over the world. Uh, and this year they invited me to to talk and to tell my story with, with all the professors and all the scientists around the world. And I'm so so exciting about it. Uh, I sent you Corey on the messenger. Uh, the 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 thing, and I'm. In the list, uh, with in the agenda of treatment and cannabis around the world, and it's for me, it's like I never, if you told me 35 years ago. Before I went to jail, then I'm going to be speaking about cannabis in the international convention. I will tell you that I would like to take what you took.
1: <laughs> well, if they ever ask you, there are no document. There's no documentation about uh, success rates of cannabis. You tell them that in the Cannabis Health Radio, we've interviewed over 250 people who have used cannabis successfully.
2: Oh wow! Yeah. So we are a very big club spreading around the world if you if you see it and it's so important what you're doing and for me you don't believe how excited I am that I'm talking to you and it's like outside of Israel that that it's not inside locally things that the things are happening around and we are getting bonded and we get to know each other and it's not something that it's like you read about it's like you meet it it's, it's here it's, it's I can't even explain how, for me, it's honored uh, to tell you, to have been in the the 1980s, a a girl that said that cannabis cure cancer people told me, listen, you are too stoned for us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The queen of hashish in
2: 1987. (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, I don't care. I know exactly. I know Because in 1966, somebody said that cannabis cure cancer. I believe him. I believe him more than you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's been a pleasure to talk to you. You have a wonderful story. And I know by taking cannabis, you are going to be uh, in good health for the rest of your life, which is a long life.
2: Yes, thank you so much for that. And I hope to see you, Corey, around the world with us, uh, talk about our health and talk about our uh, our uh, mission uh, to give cannabis to each person they would like to have it for his own condition. Yeah, that would be great. Great. Thanks, Hagit. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. And I hope to see you in Israel in one of those conventions or anything else. And hope to see you in my birthday, we said. That's right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thanks so
3: much, Mm Hagit.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. If you'd like to make a donation, we love donations because there haven't been many lately. Uh, You can make a one-time donation to Cannabis Health Radio, or you can make a monthly donation, even as small as the price of a cup of coffee, to CannabisHealthRadio.com. You can just go on our website, and there are links there to allow you to do that. And thanks to Ron Zahar, our producer, who gives up his time and his studio to allow us to interview these folks around the world on cannabis, and a shout-out to mark in belgium who posts our podcasts on youtube we greatly appreciate it and if you are listening on your social media platform of course you will be because uh, that's how you listen to uh make sure you write a review because if you write a review we go up in the standings i guess yeah
3: and we're easier
1: to find for people then we're easier to find for people thank you corey
3: You're welcome. And
1: (laughs) we'll be back next week with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you.
2: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out
0: more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
3: Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, Best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're canna-curious or running a cannabis, Infused has canna-conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnex network.